0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the MVSP. It's the start of a brand new week. Brandon, we got an action-packed show for today. So much going on in the sports world. But at first, we got to introduce our good buddy, Isaac. Welcome to the show today
2: thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: yeah we love having guests on and one thing that we've decided to now try to in in i don't know what word i'm trying to use here we're trying to add into our show we have now decided we want to do some interviews i know you guys want to learn more about the guests we have on the show and we have a lot of good guests coming up in the next couple weeks so definitely stay tuned for that but before we start Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the MVSP. All the latest and greatest surrounding our show. Find that there. So, let's get to the interview. Uh,
1: For those of you guys who don't know, uh, Isaac is one of the managers on the Ferris basketball team. Uh, We've seen him a couple times when we went to games. Uh, He helps out with that. Uh, Just kind of for the people at home, uh, what do you kind of do and what's kind of your job for that? Uh,
2: The job is uh, basically... Uh, Go around uh, rebounding for the basketball team, uh, doing scouting reports, uh, doing all the odds and ends that coaches need to prepare their players for for games. Um, We also have to, sadly, uh, wipe up the sweat. Uh, We have to do the um, basically go the gopher job. Go get this. The dirty work, basically. the, The dirty work. So that's basically the job.
0: Be nice. So um, what being a part of the the manager as for Ferris basketball, obviously, you guys were on to great things coming up in the tournament. And then with covid had to turn the bus around. And we know the story was awful. I know the girls team was practicing when they heard the news in the gym. How did it feel being on the bus and hearing that the season was ending and you weren't going to have a chance to play for national title? Um,
2: the, the mood, we were on the bus, we were excited. Um, we were, uh, 80 miles out of Indianapolis and we got the news. I was watching all day. Um, the D two, like swimming and diving stuff was going on in like North Dakota. So I'm like, okay, just keep a positive attitude. And then it came down that all championships were canceled. So the mood kind of dropped a little bit, but we made the most of it. It was a fun 10-hour bus ride to there and back um we stopped for dinner we had a good time we weren't gonna let the seniors go out without a without going without a bang to end their basketball careers
0: yeah i mean obviously with the circumstances it was gonna be a rough ending regardless because obviously you had dreams and aspirations i know you guys were not pleased with how the GLIAC tournament ended up and we know how that ended up and we don't need to talk about it but uh, we're better than Northern but I mean obviously being as far as back on campus we're able to have practices I know you guys have been practicing a lot I've seen you guys in the gym in the weight room and stuff what has it been like difference wise with COVID now in like practices and workouts that have made it kind of I would say difficult compared to how it was basically like last year
2: Um, some challenging things is, um, we don't call it practice. We call it workouts because we can't practice. We don't consider it practice until all 15 or 18 guys are on the court at once. Okay. So the workouts, um, we have to sanitize everything. Um, we have to wear masks. Um, we have to have everything sanitized from the basketballs to the chairs to, um, the other thing, like the workout like workout equipment. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. um yeah. Yeah. the like the dribbling pools, yeah. the yeah, 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 defenders, yeah. that stuff. We mm-hmm. have to sanitize most of that. Mm-hmm. I'm so, guessing
1: that's the manager's job. Yeah, <laughs> that's the dirty work.
2: Um, but like there's um, it's a hot sweaty gym, so everybody's sweating. So some managers have towels on, still wiping up the sweat and stuff like that. But if the players go and refill up their uh, water bottles and stuff like that they have to sanitize their hands Um, they have to wash their hands after practice before practice before they go to the workout room Um, uh, the basketball players also have to check in with the temperature thing the sign in schedule at the weight room Mm -hmm. they have to do that for everything Uh, mandatory workouts um, weight room anything that revolves them working out or doing anything they have to sign in there
0: yeah i know personally like when i've had to have workouts in the morning for Wayroom room that I, we've had to go through a whole screening process and it's obviously it's tough it is a little bit i would say inconvenient a lot of the times because um you have to go find the trainers that are at the screening locations and they're not going to be at every place because obviously we don't have 20 trainers but i mean i mean it's got to be it's, it, is a, it is a tough time, but it's got to feel good just to be on the court again, be with your guys, and still be able to do some things rather than just be sitting at home wanting to do all of this stuff.
2: Uh, it, it does feel good because a lot of these players have some chips on their shoulders. Um, they most The s- seven incoming people all were playing for championships in one way or another. One was playing for a National Junior College Association championship, I believe. And then the six other are incoming freshmen, and they were all playing for district championships in high school. So they are all got these chips on, plus all the returners were going to go potentially play for a national championship. So they all have these little chips on their shoulders that, let's go redo this stuff and make sure that this year counts because there's, I believe, five seniors this year now. Mm -hmm. So everybody's got a chip on their shoulder and want to be in the gym and they're early
1: to the gym. Yeah, especially with kind of the Ferris basketball for the men's side at least. You guys have built up a uh, reputation of, I mean, I don't think Coach Bronkman has had less than 20 wins, uh, I think for the past couple years especially. What has it kind of been for these guys who kind of have to step up and fill the shoes of Cole Walker, D'Angelo Hughes, um, and uh, Greg Williams too, kind of those guys have to step up?
2: The, them three are special in their own way. They were vocal, talented. And just amazing people. Yeah. So filling their shoes? No. These new captains and new seniors are making their own shoes to fill.
1: I love the way you put that. That's really Because
2: good. the new captains, they have their own legacy. Mm-hmm. They came in a little later than Greg Cole and D'Angelo. So these players are now making their own shoes to fill. So it's their own motive. What do they want the locker room to be like? It's not, let's just follow like last year it's let's start new
0: let's yeah, start. their own path
2: yeah let let's start new um let's rewrite the books let's make it our year
0: yeah and i think a lot of times that 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 what's that's what makes teams as good as they are the way that they take their path doesn't have to be the orthodox method and we've seen a lot of that i mean even look at professional teams how they've changed up especially in the nba changed their style up changed the way they do things i mean obviously look at golden state uh, they've kind of been the big influence as far as how you build a franchise-winning big-time dynasty. So I, that's obviously a really cool thing to see. I mean, last year, the team had a lot of success. When we, you saw guys that are returning that had played pivotal roles. Walt and um, Logan Ryan all obviously were big, key guys in there. You got other guys as well. Jeremiah Washington had some minutes. Dorian Aru- oh, Rudy, sorry. And then um, what, what other players are we looking forward to seeing? this year
2: uh one big person i'm looking forward to seeing is vejas grisulius okay if if he doesn't redshirt which i don't think he will he we pl- he went to Muskegon community college he's an incoming transfer he, uh earlier last year in like octoberish we had an exhibition game he put up 10 points 10 blocks and about 10 rebounds so a triple double wow. in in uh 30-ish minutes Wow. Incredible! That's crazy. Even though they still lost, that's an incredible stat. Mm-hmm. He was just a man in the paint to be afraid of to go towards. It's a basically like a big, big man kind of just owning that yeah.
1: area. Kind of like a Nikola Jokic. Type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the roster, he's registered right now as 6'11", 225. I mean, he's a big dude. That's a unit. That's <laughs> a big unit. That's a big unit. But, I mean, it, he's taller than Logan, and Logan can throw down some slams. So, I don't know. Can can he dunk? Because I think that's what the fans want to see is can he dunk?
2: If he's not tired. Okay, there
0: you go. Tired. So, we can see a lot of dunks this year. I'm thinking that would be fun. Assuming the season does go on, of course, but... um kind of wrapping it up. I Isaac, I know personally um you're from towns like me and Joe. Are you from McBain? A lot of a smaller. I wouldn't call it like a I mean, obviously you guys are really known for your agriculture, farmland obviously yeah. from McBain, but yep. like Reed City and um, Sand Lake really not the same type of. But what what was it like growing up? Obviously you played basketball like me and Joe did, playing in the small schools. How did that reflect over to you? deciding that um i wanted to come to ferris state and be a be a manager
2: so um McBain is more of a community type like their are sporting events um it's community so i just felt like i took a tour at central and ferris and i'm like where do i want to go central just felt too open to me whereas ferris felt more close-knit community oriented and their athletics are just amazing, mm-hmm. for sure. Not, not to brag, but they're just. Yeah, am- we can, we can, I mean, that's we a plus. Can. That's a plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I saw a job opening for the basketball team, and I'm like, I've been doing basketball for my whole life. I'm like, might as well uh, interview for it. So it was just nice to get there. And then the basketball team's like a community. It's a family. It's brothers. And just everybody else surrounds us and supports us no matter win, loss, tie, if miraculously there is a tie. Mm -hmm. But it's just nice
1: knowing that there's people that support you no matter the outcome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And,
1: I mean, that's really the Ferris community with any sport. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it with football, girls' soccer, and uh, volleyball, too. It's just a really big blessing that we have kind of coming to Ferris and having this incredible sports programs that we do have, but kind of see the uh, the community of Big Rapids rally behind everybody.
0: Yeah, I think, like, this town, I know, like, there's people wearing Bulldog sweatshirts everywhere, regardless if even if they went to the school they're alumni or they're just living in Big Rapids, and this is, this is their team to them. Like, everybody loves – the bulldogs and we do too and we wish nothing but the best for our basketball and our other athletic programs assuming please please and if we can have sports back this upcoming year in 2021 so we're super excited about that
2: i i uh, right now according to the program if it goes accordingly january 7th will be the first basketball game okay of 2021 you heard
1: it here first that's exciting breaking 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 news
0: so i know personally from um our um from the cross-country standpoint we are still awaiting for um confirmation but the likelihood is that our season will start sometime after the first when everything will be reinstated by the university so we're looking forward to it but now you can break some more news yeah oh oh boy Um,
2: so um if, if the NCAA Division II moves the championship back three weeks, we can have more practice time. But that will give us 11, 11 games in 11 weeks. If not, we have 11 games in eight weeks in January to March. So we have to figure out if they move it back the national championship game, if we can have three more weeks for 11 games, or if we have to fit 11 games in eight weeks. But we'll... If we have a season, we'll still have the GLIAC play our tournament mm-hmm. and the national
0: tournament. Yep. Ho- hoping. Hopefully, yes. We we really hope, and if you guys would, we really hope that we can have everything back. Obviously, we need everyone to do their part as hard as it is. Wear masks, mask, please social distance. We need, we need this to get back to our normal lives, and we will get there soon enough, but now as we move into more of our regularly scheduled programming you could say here on the show we got some analysis over the lovely sports weekend starting why well, we can start with some basketball while we're at it and of course Isaac's excited about that but always like I said Lakers in six and it happened Lakers took home the ship on or yesterday I should say not on Sunday um, 106 93 and really from the first three quarters of this game it looked like it was Pretty much going to be wrapped up, no questions about it.
1: Uh, I kind of knew that was going to happen. I was really gunning for the heat. I really like Jimmy Butler and kind of like that young core. I've said it plenty of times on the show. I was a little bit disappointed, but on the bright side, they did win it for Kobe. It was a very emotional time for Lakers fans and, I mean, the state of California as a whole. Just getting this win, probably just, it stands for so much. It just Resiliency, the human spirit—just what they're kind of standing for. Especially with how many times they played in the Mamba jerseys, it's just really cool to see.
2: Um, one thing to add is the Heat still have or er, three more years of Jimmy Butler.
0: Oh my goodness! I, it's, I, a, it's promising. That's I know. I know. Joe has talking. You've talked about this countless times. And I 100 percent believe this Miami Heat team. You should be excited about because this group of—it's almost kind of like what we were just talking about with Ferris. This close knit team. Because I mean, when you look at the Lakers, you see. You see a lot of big names. You see a lot of guys that, I mean, you see LeBron, obviously. You see AD. You see two of the greatest in the NBA right now. You see a lot of other guys, Rajon Rondo, uh, Danny Green. A lot of these guys are individually great players. But what Miami makes them so great, I feel like, is just how well they play together as far as a team. Uh, Yes, the Lakers did beat them and everything. But, I mean, with the size advantage of the Lakers, they had much to take advantage on, especially with AD. But, I mean, the Heat team right now, I mean, you got guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, these young guys that are absolutely we still got a
1: lot of time on their contract.
0: Absolutely, to be- and they have so much that they can bring to the table for this Heat team. And, I mean, you look at how they adjusted over the series. I mean, theoretically, looking at this on paper, this could have been over in four or five games. And they stretched out to six, even losing Goran Dragic, That was a big loss for them. I feel like he was really an underrated piece in that team for sure, what well, he brings— especially with the passing game, the driving game. And I just really, it's really exciting to see what the Heat can do. And I was was personally really wondering if we were going to see a Heat-Nuggets matchup in the finals, and I would have absolutely been all for that. But obviously LeBron and the Lakers have been playing good enough. They deserve this championship. They've played very well in the bubble, and we're really excited for LeBron to get his fourth ring and just really kind of shows how great he's really been the past generation that we've even taken for granted.
2: Um one thing I want to add is I think it would have been a different series if Goran Dragić and Bam Adebayo would have been able to play all the, whole, the, time. the <laughs> whole time. I I think it would have been a different game because they bring different aspects to the game. But no no credit taken away from the Lakers. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. But all the Lakers have
1: veterans that have done it before and can do it. Yeah, yeah. I That's mean, why they I mean, signed him. Yeah, yeah. Rajon, Danny Green, LeBron. I mean, Anthony Davis. He hasn't had that, but he's been playing like he has that finals. He experience. plays it. He played in the playoffs two years
2: ago against yeah. the Trailblazers, mm-hmm. and they the Pelicans swept him. It was him and Drew Holiday, and a bunch yeah. of I other don't guys. Don't want, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, other guys. I don't, I I don't, I don't, don't want I don't literally no no names. Yeah, and so they've been there before. AD just hasn't been in the finals before, where the Heat. 20, under 25 under, years yeah. old.
0: They're one of the youngest teams in the NBA.
2: But Gor- I think Goran brought leadership throughout the whole playoffs because if you look at it, they swept the Pacers. T.J. Warren was having a monster bubble. Mm-hmm. They Five game uh, against the Bucs. Giannis on to... Yeah, Giannis. Yeah, just Giannis. Saying. Giannis. Um, and then they took Boston to six games, I believe. Yeah. Yes. That's a good up-and-coming team. Oh, yeah. Um, And they took LeBron and AD to six games. Imagine if that had been a seven-game series and you would have had Goron back almost fully healthy, Bam's fully healthy, and all these young dudes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's, that's a nice future to mm-hmm. have coming.
1: And especially, I mean, when you really look at it, when Bam was kind of sitting out, they had to put in Jay Crowder, who is nowhere near the talent of any of the Lakers' big men. And, I mean, when... Uh, for this game, especially, like when you look at the stat sheet, so many, there's so many scorers on the Lakers team. I mean, LeBron with 28, Danny Green with 11. We're going to like look past his performance with him shooting threes, just kind of toss that out the window. And Anthony Davis with 19. But then when you look at Miami, I mean, Bam was the only one with over 20 points with 25. I mean, when that comes down to it, and those guys who, I mean, Tyler Harrow had an off night with seven. When that happens, it's not going to be good, especially when you're banking on them scoring 15 to 20 points.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, you just look at how the Heat have played over the last few games, especially in the finals. And, like, the Lakers have AD and LeBron. They're combining for 40-50 consistently. But outside of them, they really have wondered who's going to be that guy. Because, I mean, when you look at the Heat across the board, they got guys that can put the ball in the hole. I mean, we talked about Hero I mean, even Kelly Olenek had nine points. He had a 19. I mean, he had ripped seven boards. That's not a guy we normally say. But, I mean, what really stood out, I feel like, in these games is how some of the Lakers players stepped up when they needed to, especially in this game. Because, I mean, you look at guys like Caldwell Pope. I mean, there was obviously the memes going around that he wanted the the finals MVP, (laughs) but we knew that wasn't going to happen. What do you mean?
2: He deserved it. He should have went to... uh javel mcgee who did not play in that game
0: yep javel mcgee did not play in that game uh, but i mean he was he had 17 points he was 613 he contributed danny green obviously laughing at everybody after he missed a shot look who's got the ring i still have it doesn't matter but i'm mean, and then caruso obviously we know what caruso can do if you've ever seen him on your instagram feed you know that dude can jump out of the gym but just the things that they contributed and the one thing that really stood out to me was rajon rondo being his veteran self because i mean this like we've seen Rajon round on the past, obviously in Celtic green is what everybody really remembers him by. And his passing ability is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he had one game where he had two points and 27 assists. Like, I wish I could have that
1: court vision. That's oh, ridiculous. I mean, yeah.
0: He's got some of the greatest court vision I've ever seen. But, I mean, he had 19 points this game. He was 8 of 11, played 30 minutes. That's phenomenal. That's that's the what the Lakers needed to really seal the deal. Because, I mean, you have LeBron and you have AD. But outside of that have been a lot of question marks. And when you take away one of those question marks, that gets you more towards success. Because, I mean, the Heat have people that can score their defense is phenomenal but they're not going to have the guy that's where normally Jimmy comes in where he's going to be the one that's going to be asked can you please put up 30 and 40 because that's what you need to get over top of the team like the Lakers but I mean he only had 12 points last night and I mean you don't don't give him like all of the harsh credit the dude played literally almost every minute of game five and won that game for you so uh, they needed other guys to step up, and they just didn't do it, and they, that's basketball. It just had to happen on the last game of the finals, and that's just the way it is.
2: Um, Tyler Hero scoring seven points. You cannot take what he done did in the finals away from him. Oh, yeah. Seven, as seven points as a rookie in the finals? He's the first 20-year-old to be playing in the finals, mm-hmm. born in 2000s. That's going to be great for the Heat coming up a rookie playing in the finals, and it's going to give them a year of development. So all these young dudes are going to get a year older, more experience, and they can use the draft to get better. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Plus you have Jay Crowder. He's a great defender. I I saw him, I believe he was defending um, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Not not to slap in the face one. But um, no, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> he he was staying in front of LeBron James, and then I believe he caused a turnover because LeBron like threw it right to Jimmy Butler, and then they had a two on or a three on two fast break. That's great defense. If they can re-sign Jay Crowder and all these other players that they need to re-sign, and bring in maybe not not a superstar like Giannis or anything like that, that'd be nice though.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, that's what some people have been talking about. Is would Giannis consider going to a team like Miami, a young upstart team that's starting to look up? we in the direction they've started to get there. They just need that one thing. But I mean, he could resign with Milwaukee because he likes it there. And I mm-hmm. mean, the team—the teams very good. I mean, they, yeah. sh- they just had an off year. That happens. I mean, uh,
2: everybody has an off year. Yeah, us against Northern. Yeah, off year.
0: I was, I was gonna say that, but I didn't. I do not want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. I know either. we're all still salty about that game. We're better than Northern. It's okay. i I Better I, I'm, than I, I've, I've, I've still, I'm still not hearing the end of it from my friends
1: up at Northern. They 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 just had a heyday with that. But yeah. hey, I just know, I just know that hey, hey, we got. Beat. There's a fluke. There's a fluke.
0: Yeah. I Every just, blind squirrel finds a nut. sometimes. I just
2: want to say this. It's okay that they beat us. We swept them in the
1: regular season.
0: Yeah, we know we were better. Like, yeah. We know We
1: still that. made the national tournament, so Yeah, I mean, yeah, no mean
0: where they seated and where were we seated? That yeah, really we tells you it a better team. But, I mean, it's really going to be exciting to see how this plays out next year. I know they're really trying to move up all the recovery time, which could be an interesting development to see how the season goes about, especially how these seasons are going to be much closer together than normal. Obviously, you're not going to have the big summer break. So it'll be interesting to see, especially even in like the executive offices, how fast we could see moves being made and yeah. how the trade deadline's gonna be handled. Because obviously now you're gonna have less time to make trades. They gonna extend it. They gonna keep it how it is. We will see about that. But really exciting. I mean, <laughs> just the idea of Giannis going to the Heat with how they have played right now. Well, you could almost, only imagine. It only has it has that. I went to say like full Golden State esque when they got KD. But I mean, it it has that where you're like, oh, they that's, that's like
1: that's like the it's like the Walmart brand of that. Yeah, it's not it's not as good <laughs> as it probably is,
0: but
2: is Meijer a, a the best substitute. brand?
0: What's the best brand?
2: Meijer? Uh, are we talking about like Ma- there's Meijer and then Walmart? I mean, Walmart's like the maybe that's brand.
1: A, maybe that's a discussion for for a later date, later. I mean, yeah, Meyer is better. I'm just gonna say <laughs> that, but I don't know if if that happens, that's gonna be really good for the Heat because that's probably gonna be the final piece of the puzzle. that's gonna kind of push them over this. Plateau of just being almost a superstar team where they can get to that. But I think, Brandon, to transition now to the NFL, it was full of highs and lows, let me tell you. I mean, <laughs> grueso- <laughs> Dak yeah. Prescott with a gruesome injury. Oh, but
0: please don't. No. Man, no. We kind of oh, do have to g- talk about uh, it, Brandon. Oh, that was kind of the
1: toughest thing to see, especially with Dallas being kind of on the come up and kind of starting to finally piece these players together. CeeDee Lamb was starting to get a lot of looks now by Dak Uh, but they just can't catch a break. Hopefully. I mean, this is not an Alex Smith type situation uh, with Dak Prescott where he's out for a while. I think he'll probably make a recovery. He's a, he's a dog out there. He'll be able to, he'll be back in the rehab. He'll be working that hard and I feel like he'll be back, but I mean, that was just a crazy thing. Yeah.
0: And I mean, as you mentioned it, shout out to Alex Smith for playing his first game and how seems like how long, 700 days, 700 days to be exact. Thank you, Isaac. Like, that's that's remarkable. The, the the journey he's taken. I know I put a tweet out there about I'm going to root for the Redskins for three quarters just because Alex Smith's there and I never thought I'd ever say that in the entire world. But I was rooting for him. I wanted him to do great cuz obviously Washington the Washington football team Thank you. is a little <laughs> bit of a struggle bus right now. But I mean, going back to Dallas, I mean, I think now people are really thankful for the front office picking up Andy Dalton in the offseason. I think everybody is very thankful for that obviously now that mm-hmm. the circumstances have happened. I mean, looking at this... I remember,
1: I remember when that happened, everyone was saying that Andy Dalton was going to get any playing time. Mm-hmm. but they in, thought Dak was going to be... Injuries happen. And like, it's almost like... Happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, we look at all these quarterbacks. You see like Ben Roethlisberger obviously, Carson Wentz. A lot of these guys that are very good quarterbacks went... I mean, obviously we don't know where Carson is right now. He's he's not not where he's normally is just a wall yeah he's yeah he's just a wall but i mean there's all these guys you're going to have that moment when you're probably going to have an injury i mean there it, it it's possible i mean we even saw it with Stafford with his back i mean th- those things happen it's football it's contact sport injuries are going to happen i mean i think football has the longest injury report of any sport by far i would say just cuz of the just cuz of how the sport is played and how how rough it is but i mean Dallas still pulled out the win, even though New York gave them a run for their money. It ended up 37-34, game-winning field goal. Shout-out to Michael Gallup for making two crazy catches in the final stretch. That's pretty much sealed them in for the field goal to win it by Greg Zerline. But if you're the Giants right now, this is a team that... I mean, you look at the... I, I should say even the NFC... Well, not even just the New York Giants, but the NFC East or NFC Least, whatever you'd like to call it. In general, every team in this division is either banged up to the point where their identity's gone, can't win a football game to save their life, or can't keep their guys on the field.
2: Or can't keep a name.
0: Or. Or keep a name. I guess you could say that, too. It's just been... I mean, looking at... Dallas is a leader right now at 2-3, and three, and they almost lost to the New York Giants. I know Dak was hurt. I understand that. But, I mean, theoretically on paper, Dallas is not a team that should be compared to the Giants. New York Giants are garbage. I mean, the Giants lost. Saquon, they're playing with Daniel Jones, who, give credit to him, played a fantastic game yesterday. He pretty much kept them in the game the entire time. They had a lot of playmakers that really made fantastic plays, especially the receivers. Darius Slayton had a day, 129 yards on eight catches. Um, Devontae Freeman kind of established his role as the bell cow. He had 60 yards on 17 carries. Finally seeing that he's kind of... Seems like he's going to be the guy. Um, we had questions if it would be like Deion Lewis or Wayne Gallman, But obviously, it's Freeman's job now to lose. So
2: That's why they signed him. Yeah,
0: it, that's why they signed him. If they didn't sign him, I don't know why they wouldn't make him their starter because that would just be a lot of work for nothing. But, I mean, this division, guys, is just just rough. It's... It's something. (laughs) I'll say that.
2: If I was the Cowboys and Dak had to get surgery and it was going to be most of the season, I'd just shut him down for the
1: year. Let him rehab, get his ankle fully healthy again. I think that's probably what they'll do. I mean, he has a compound fracture and dislocation of the right ankle. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a tough one to come back from. little known fact, I had that in my arm. I broke my... Yeah, compound fracture in my wrist and I dislocated it. And I mean, took... I, I feel like he'll definitely be able to come back, but I feel like he's just gonna nurse it, make sure that he's back to fully probably 110 percent, so that way it doesn't happen again. And honestly, mm-hmm. have that tackle happen 99 more times and nothing would have happened. That yeah. was just a freak accident where like the dude's legs leg just, him. Yeah, legs just got caught up in between one another and it just got pinched, and that's just uh, just a freak accident. It's mm-hmm. just it's no. honestly one in a million that that just happened. Yeah, and that happens.
0: It's football. We've seen that plenty of times. Just one bad tackle ends up in an injury. That's just how it is. Like tackles don't they're not perfect every time it's obviously you can't tackle somebody perfectly every time so it's it's sad it's really sad I think everybody in the football world regardless of what team you're on regardless of if it's a rival or not I mean obviously we saw Jason Garrett Giants part um former Cowboys coach now uh, assistant for the Giants come over and make sure he was okay along with Mike McCarthy current Cowboys coach so I know everybody's rallying behind Dak because, I mean, the guy does a lot for the community. Speaking out about mental health, especially over the past couple of months, you could say, has been a really big part of his life. So, Cowboys still got the win. They survived. Um, Philadelphia, on the other hand, did not. Lost to the Pittsburgh 38-29. Um, Washington football team... Yeah, they... A little tough. They, yeah. They, how
1: about Alex Smith? I mean, Alex Smith... We talked about Smith, him a little bit already, I mean, but how about him? We're just so excited Alex Smith is back on the football Get him a field. good line, and he'll be back to normal. Yeah, I mean... He was pressured. That whole, that whole game, he was pressured the whole time by, I mean, probably oh one God, of the best yeah. defensive lines it, against the worst offensive line. And <laughs> he he did as expected. He was rushed almost every time. He had a couple of good passes, but... I mean, when you have Aaron Donald busting through uh, a terrible, basically like a piece of paper that he has to bust through a varsity yeah. line. Yeah, based yeah, it's it's gonna be an easy easy game for him. But I did I kind of wanted to do give big uh props to Aaron Donald because there was times where he could have laid out Alex Smith, but he kind of let up mm-hmm. and didn't want to have anything happen again and i think everybody around the league is super happy for alex smith and just excited for what he's going to be able to do
0: yeah i mean the rams won this game 30 to 10 but in reality alex smith was the real winner of this game just being back on the field i mean i how many times have we 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 seen like just freak accidents oh this this guy's career's over we're not going to see him again and then we see them come back and it's just the greatest thing ever because it's so hard i mean the dude was told he probably couldn't walk again let alone pick up a football and throw it on the field, and look where he's at. He's a starting quarterback for Washington right now. Because, I mean, Kyle Allen was the first starter of the game, but, I mean, he was getting He pain. took a
2: hit to the head and was out. But I, I want yes. this fact to be known. Yes. I, I hate to think about this, but imagine Alex Smith got injured again. Who would they head to turn to? The guy they just benched on Monday. Yep. Dwayne, Haskins. Dwayne
1: Haskins.
0: Yeah, I think. I know Joe showed his takes about Dwayne Haskins. And as a Michigan fan, obviously we're biased against him. But, I mean, the He's fact – to go. The fact <laughs> – Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Get off the show! <laughs> oh, shelf. I don't – Okay, we're back. Uh, I mean, Kyle Allen was 9-13 before he left the game. And then, yeah, you're right. He got absolutely drilled. And then, basically, they were like, okay, I don't know if we should – For his safety, have him be on the field – so then they go with the miraculous story of Alex Smith, who didn't have a terrible outing. He was 9 of 17, and obviously he's thrown to guys like... I mean, he had Terry McLaurin back on the field, but, I mean, he wasn't necessarily himself. Um, but, I mean, when you got all these receivers... I mean, outside of Terry McLaurin, you're looking at Logan Thomas, your tight end, as the next best target, and then maybe Dontrell Inman, and then Isaiah Wright has also been highly regarded as a fantasy wire pickup. I haven't seen him, like fly that high up the radar but i guess he has in deeper leagues but i mean your best receivers on your team is former line Chady mckissick and antonio gibson both in mind. don't play receiver so <laughs> that that just tells you the, the the lack of weapons in washington right now so
2: are they running back slash receivers
0: well, I they use McKissick. I think they're just running backs that have to a play slide out Yeah, I, McKissick was is registered as a running back, but really he feels like just like a, a flexible – you could call it like an athlete in college. He's going to move The around. utility dude. Yeah, he basically he's a utility dude. I mean, he's going to probably line up in the slot a couple of times and run routes because, I mean, he's a good route runner. We saw that in yeah. Detroit. He's a great guy to have like on third down for passing downs. He runs screens well. He's really quick. So he's definitely a guy that we would love to have him, but I mean, obviously, with the talent we had there, we were just like, yeah, we don't, we, we can't find the need for him. No, because I mean, we kind of now put that role to Jamal Agnew, which I was really excited to hear that he was going to start a receiver. But oh. I mean, look, I mean, Washington doesn't have a lot of weapons right now. Until they do, they're going to struggle on offense, regardless of who's throwing the football to them. I mean, Alex Smith, I feel like is their best option, but, I mean. If and you don't get him time, it doesn't matter who's doesn't out there. Matter. If you don't
1: get them time, that there's no there's no chance. There but. there is
2: a receiver that is on the free agency market that is very good. His which
0: n- which one are, well i there i think there's multiple but which one are you referring to uh
2: his name's Des Bryant
0: Yeah okay well it's just making sure you weren't going to say Antonio Brown but oh no uh, yeah. say gonna I was he's I think he, say. I, he retired Yeah i yeah that that's a sticky situation we'll leave that alone but yes Des Bryant is available I know he w- worked out with the Saints I believe this last year and Saints
2: and Ravens uh,
0: Yes and Ravens thank you uh because i mean the Ravens don't have that many receivers but they still figured out i mean no. they, they got guys like um Miles Boykin uh uh, Willie Snead. Yeah, need for Snead, Will. Need for Snead, <laughs> uh, That's that's like one of the fan favorites, I think for Baltimore. Speaking of Baltimore, 27-3 win. They, Easy. They gave Joe Burrow a rough taste of what a good NFL defense really is. I mean, they shut down the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. I mean, you're you're leading the game pretty much up until the very end. You're up by 20 and the, the other team has not scored. A single point. It's a rough night. It's a rough goal of it for <laughs> it's the it's old Bengals. It's a rough night. I mean,
2: you made some mistakes if that has happened to you.
0: Yes, you have put in the wrong game plan. You have not played football correctly to win the mm-hmm. game. But, I mean, as far as Burrow, 183 and a pick. Um, he did also have a fumble. It, it was just not a good night for no. Cincinnati. I, I predicted this was going to happen, and I kind of wish it didn't because obviously you want to see Joe Burrow succeed. I mean, you you don't want to just see a guy out of college like Joe Burrow that has all this talent and have it kind of be wasted on a team like the Bengals. But, Ravens... Give the, it time. Give yeah, it time. yeah, give it time. For sure, give it time. And it will... But, I mean, one thing that was very interesting is uh, Lamar did not run on Sunday. I don't think there was a really need to, but their game plan was him throwing the ball. So, he threw it 37 times, completed 19, 180, two TDs, and one pick. But, as far as the, the backfield goes, saw a little bit of um, Gus Edwards. Uh, you only saw one run from J.K. Dobbins, and it happened to go for 34 yards. <laughs> Weird. But Ingram led the charge with 11 carries, 57 yards. Lamar ended up with two carries for just three yards. Not something we see every game. I think that'll change. But, I mean, as far as Baltimore is going, their defense is just showing you that their offense doesn't need to be best in the league to be winning these football games.
2: Um, I just want to say this. I believe Lamar Jackson actually got injured last week to his hip. Yeah. So he was doubtful to play this game. That's why he didn't play much last week. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't they start
0: Trace McSorley? Yeah. Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. Yeah. But Big Ten MVP. Yeah, I mean I that is a good thing you mentioned that up. He has been banged up, and obviously I don't think they want him to be out there running freely on his own and there bad things can happen. We saw that with guys like Alex Smith. Bad things can happen. So but defensively Ravens played phenomenal. Patrick Queen. I know Isaac, you picked him up in your fantasy league for your defensive player. What that was a very good move, I would say. Uh, yeah, as I believe he got a sack. Um, a di- did he have a touchdown?
2: Uh, I believe he had a fumble, two fumble recoveries, one fumble force, mm-hmm. uh, six solo tackles. Yep, he had six t- and solo, three t- assisted, and probably a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, scored me some points. Yeah,
0: it was it wasn't garbage time, but still, this is touchdown, touchdown. What a great play by <laughs> that! I know. Um, in one of my other leagues, I started the Ravens defense, pumping my fist right now. So but, what we like to see. Yep, but things are looking up for for Cincinnati. Don't count them out yet. Baltimore a good football team, but I think one of the other game, one game that I think everybody's talking about this morning is the Raiders. How Tucked about them down the Chiefs on Sunday? And well, I that's know a surprise. I'm I know one of I... my teammates, absolutely huge Raiders fan. He was let me know about it this morning, and he's so excited. And I think what he said is accurate that this Raiders win probably going to be the biggest of the season against the Chiefs. Even though it's week 5, it's still going to be up there as far as their best one of the season if not the biggest, taking down the former champs Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what it is with the Chiefs, but it seems like whenever we get to October, they always cool off every time because it's turning on. winter. It's it's turning winter. The I guess
1: the Kansas, Kansas City can get cold really it, fast. It can
0: get cold and it it's just it's just weird, and we saw a lot from this game as far as the Raiders. Um, They had a lot of big plays. They had a lot of big plays. I mean, the deep ball to Aguilar, the beat ball to Renfro in the fourth quarter that set them up for TD, or, yeah, TD. And then you had the big play to Henry Ruggs for a touchdown. I sat him on my keeper league. Bad choice, but Tough. I'll live with it. Um, but, I mean, it was the first game off of injury, so, I mean, it was impressive that he put up those numbers. But Derek Carr, got to give the man credit, played a fantastic game, outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He was overall, ready for this stat, he threw for 347 yards on Sunday with three touchdowns. We don't see Derek Carr throw that many yards in a game. That's like Mahomes-type numbers, which, yeah, Mahomes only put up seven less. But... For Derek Carr, that's not his character. I mean, Pat, we expect 350 out yeah. of him every week. I mean, he's he put up seven less, but they lost by two Yeah, Super Bowl MVP, how much money does he have? $500 million, you know? A lot. Yeah, yeah he's got, he's half, got a, some half a billion dollars way. that's going to be he's coming got, in the bank pretty soon. He's got soon. a lot of money in the bank account. So we expect that out of him. But Derek Carr played phenomenal. Give the man credit. They had some big plays, and they needed them. I mean, Henry Ruggs only needed two catches for 118 yards no big deal Aguilar two catches 67 yards no big deal so a lot of big plays for the Raiders and that obviously helped them come out on top getting that pretty much you could call it a pick six he was really down at the two yard line and then they punched him with Josh Jacobs but that play right there was really the I feel like the the deciding factor that pick six or I keep thinking it was a pick six because he's literally down at like the one-and-a-half-yard line. He ran all the way back and got stopped there. But basically, it was pretty much a pick-six. They were going to score. The disappointing
2: so. pick-six where you're stopped short. Yes, yeah. when
0: when you get all the way down the field from the opposite side and then you get down to the one-and-a-half-yard line. But that but th-
2: that game right there is a reality check that the Chiefs can be beat. Mm-hmm. You, I, d- you I, just have yeah. to go
1: fist-for-fist, punch-for-punch with them. So Especially for – I mean – Raiders aren't, I mean, a terrible team. They're an above-average no, team. But they're playing great for those, this year. for those teams that, like, are kind of on the fence, that are, like, on the cusp that they just need to piece some things together, I mean, they should be looking forward to playing the Chiefs. I mean, they see that they can be beaten. They see that they're that they're not the powerhouse superstar team that everyone thought they were, that they can make mistakes and that they can get the job done.
0: Yeah, every every team's human. Everybody's human. Things can happen. Nope, I mean, we're not going to expect a perfect team out of out of the any of these teams I don't feel like anybody's that dominant where they are on paper for 16 and 0. Adam Rank can say whatever he wants, but it's not going to be correct. He's but, never correct. No. Didn't he put the Bears last year 16 and 0?
1: Yes. Something
0: like that. Yeah. There that's all you need to know. But um big news in Atlanta. Well, sad news I should say or good news depending on how you portray it as an Atlanta fan. Hey. You lost on Sunday to Carolina 23-16. That's a rough loss. But, well, I don't know. Is it good or bad? I don't know. We don't. I don't. Well, have, I mean, no they're way. zero and five. It's not. Yeah, they're zero and five. It's not great for but, the first time
1: since nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and
0: they also did um, depart from Dan Quinn and their general manager. So they're going to. I mean, it depends how you. I mean, it can be a good, or a good, a good thing because you have a fresh start. Could be a bad thing because you might like Dan Quinn and the success he had, and obviously the Super Bowl. You almost got there. Don't that's one thing i was actually
1: pretty surprised about when the uh came out that he was fired because mm-hmm. like i mean he got you to that point of course there's the i mean that was probably the the first domino of them choking huge leads going into this year but i mean when you really think about it, i mean he's one of the guys who got them to that point point to fire him i mean that own, this own five star is kind of uncharacteristic they were ahead for like what was it three or four games Throughout this whole season, and they just can't go mm-hmm. through with it. That comes down to, I mean, defensive standpoints because their offense can get it done. Their defense as, is as not long the same. As team. But as long as their defense is just, I guess, poop. Yeah, it's it's not going to be. It's not, it's going to be not smooth sailing.
0: Not great for sure.
1: Um,
2: if you're Detroit, you fire Bob Quinn and hire Thomas Dmitriev. That's the general manager from Atlanta. Interesting. He, he put together that Super Bowl team. And he's been drafting really well.
0: Mhm. I mean, so, it's not wrong. I mean, look where Calvin Ridley ended up. Um a pretty good draft pick.
2: Who's a Detroit's Detroit D C right now, defensive coordinator?
0: Um it's Matt Patricia basically. <laughs> uh
2: higher Dan Quinn. He's a defensive minded play uh coach.
0: He is a defensive minded coach, and bro glad you brought that up. I know there was a lot of talk about um where Detroit's going to go there, as I guess now, if you guys want to transfer over to Detroit, um, we didn't lose this week.
2: No disappointment. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs>
0: Woo-hoo. It was a lovely bye week for Detroit. But um, uh, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of attention going on about if Patricia will be here any longer. And really, that's all speculation because well, obviously we obviously won't know until we know. I mean, some people thought Dan Quinn was going to survive the whole year. And obviously, the answer to that was incorrect. So I mean, anything is possible. I know, so many people. I mean, so many people want to say, "Can we please go get Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City?" And I I know that's a possibility, but is he really gonna leave? I feel no. like he's not gonna leave. I feel like he's none too too of the coaches on
1: Kansas City are gonna. No, leave. there's Unless too it's much a, there. To a leave. ridiculous amount of money. I don't that think he'd you be a good coach.
0: Really?
2: If you tell, you've tell lo- us why. All right. So when you look at these offensive coordinators. The best one to bring up is the Bears coach, Matt Nagy. He left Kansas City. And what's he done with the Bears? Not much. But if the Lions were smart and they got rid of Bob Quinn and hired Thomas and moved Matt Patricia from head coach to defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. brought Dan Quinn in and put him as the head coach, Dan Quinn is also a good offensive coach. And if you brought in a good offensive coordinator, look at the coaching staff you have. There, I don't think if you brought in Eric, I don't know his last name, from Kansas City, enemy. Yep. he would have a good reputation because he would be starting fresh. And Detroit's over starting fresh. Look at all the sports teams there, starting fresh. Nobody wants to start fresh. Bring in some veteran guys that's been there, done that. Yes, Atlanta lost in the uh, Super Bowl. They choked it. There's no denying that. Yeah. Yeah, we know but, we know what happened. But Dan Quinn is a good coach. Yes, he's 0-5. Who cares about records? Look at his overall record from when he was the defensive coordinator or whatever coach he was in Seattle to what he's done all the way up to until he's been fired. He's a great coach. He's just been surrounded with better – or um, not a great coach, a good coach, surrounded by better coaches, Pete Carroll. Um, he's had some good coordinators in Atlanta – Steve Sarkeesian, who's now at Alabama. Um, I don't remember his defensive coordinator. But I don't see the need to bring in Eric from Kansas City to be the coach if you have maybe Bill O'Brien. But uh, <laughs> but no, 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 Bill O'Brien. But, like, if you brought in some coaches that's veterans, that's done it. Matt Patricia just came from Bill Belichick. That's where he's been his whole life. Mm-hmm. Dan Dan Quinn, Ben, Seattle, Atlanta, he's been all over the place. So why don't you bring in somebody that's done it before, has uh, experience, slide Patricia over to a coordinator spot, let him develop under somebody different. Instead of just kind of throwing him to the fire of the free agency coach pool.
1: Yes, I mean, honestly with Matt Patricia, I, I agree that we should move him down to de, uh, defense coordinator. But the thing is with – when when we got him, I was excited because he was gonna be able to bring kind of that patriot mindset into the team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like since he hasn't, since he's only been a part of that Patriots team, that we're not that he doesn't understand kind of different types of coaching styles and like what might work. Although that didn't work for them and in, in, uh, for the Patriots, I mean, there's a lot of different coaching styles that I mean, I feel like he could learn from that. Really, would be able to kind of suit Detroit well as well.
2: Uh, Bill Belichick has like one style of uh, play. Mm-hmm. It's he coaches them. He kind of yeah, coaches his way or the highway. Yeah. yeah. And Matt Patricia was kind of the assistant, quote unquote, defensive coordinator under Bill Belichick.
0: And now he's got full reign of he, not just the defense, the entire team.
2: And uh, the Lions, I was about to say Tigers. The Lions, <laughs> they mm-hmm. let Jim Caldwell go after they made the playoffs. He was. I believe his overall record was twenty six and twenty five as a Lions coach,
0: mm-hmm. which the three seasons before they were in. I mean, they were in twenty. I think it was fourteen. They were eleven and five. Cowboys game, mm, terrible, know. stupid. Okay, let's not get into that. We'll spend too much time on that. Um, they, yeah, but I mean, then they were. I believe nine and seven, and they were. We were playing Green Bay, and then I mean, at Green Bay, we know how that usually ends up. Aaron Rodgers goes off. Mm-hmm. And yeah that game. So we were in contention. We had a good team. And that's where I, I agree with Dan Orlovsky on this when Matt Patricia said that this team had a a lot of work to be done coming in. That's not true. Your team was ten or your team was nine and seven and the year before was eleven five. You had a playoff caliber team with a great defense in twenty fourteen, think or not. We were one of the top five defenses at that time. You're crazy to think about that. We had a really good defense back then, but we did. And then the next year, I know I know why... There was a lot of people that just... Caldwell wasn't the guy that's going to get over the hump, and that's why he was fired. That's what GMs... I think that's what Bob Quinn put out. That's what the management put out. They said, we want to take the next step. And that's why I brought in Patricia to bring up the team from barely making the playoffs to Super Bowl run. But ever since that, it's regressed. And that's the problem with... Yeah, we know that Matt Patricia can be a good coach, but is the thing is... If you're a good coach, I love the way that you put that, Isaac, how you analyze that. I think that's excellent, and I think that's perfect for the point. A coach in one spot isn't going to be as good as he is in another spot. We saw Patricia in that role of basically, I mean, you're right, a defensive coordinator. We know Bill Belichick's going to be the guy that oversees everything, and he's going to make sure it's done the right way. 'Cause I mean he's gonna be a Hall of Fame coach, one greatest coach of all time for sure. Why wouldn't you want that guy to be making sure your team's doing well? And you move Matt Patricia to not only head coach for the Detroit Lions, you're, you're not even having him as the head of the defense, the whole team. And that's probably a side of the ball he really hasn't had much experience with with offensively. So is Matt Patricia a bad coach? I'm not saying we're not saying that. Is he the right head coach? For the Detroit Lions right now, that's no. the question we're saying. And uh, I think a lot. I think Joe's answer is probably seventy-five to eighty percent of the Lions fan base right now. Um,
2: I just realized this, but Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator in Detroit. Yeah, you know who he coached with in Seattle, Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Dan Dan Quinn as the head coach? Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia, who's good at defense together they would probably work really well together and um matt patricia's teams haven't been that good but one more interesting fact is if the lions would have just traded Calvin johnson imagine the draft haul they would have got for him Mm -hmm. instead you forced him into retirement
0: yep it's sad to think about how that whole situation ended but yeah that is a that is a good point i mean connections are big in this league we've seen it plenty of times i mean how many players from the Patriots have we hauled into Detroit over the past two years with Matt Patricia? It's crazy. Too many. I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. Isn't but, it? I mean, heres I do have a list here of some um, coaching prospects that has been put out by fanside.com. I want to hear your guys' thoughts about this. This is great. I, I agree with some of them. Some of them I don't agree. The one I don't agree with first is...
2: Let's just start at number one and go down the list.
0: Yep. So, the first one they have, Lincoln Riley.
2: Terrible choice. I
0: Mm. would disagree. uh, Well, well, uh, that's not what I meant. I agree. I disagree that he's a good candidate for the Detroit Lions. I don't think he's the guy that's going to be... Oh, this is for the Lions? Yes. Oh, that's that's a terrible choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lincoln Riley coaching as a head coach for Detroit. I think that is a bad idea. Now, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury got to work, but here's the thing about Cliff Kingsbury is he has Kyler Murray, and that connection was already made. And they basically said... Yeah, we're going to adopt that system when he comes to Arizona. But, I mean, obviously they haven't made the playoffs yet, so we don't know if it's really going to work. So
2: Arizona hasn't had a good offense or defense to build up for Cliff Kingsbury yet mm-hmm. in Arizona. They just got DeAndre Hopkins for a steal. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they could play a full season without covid implications
0: yeah i mean it could be an exciting thing and they've obviously gotten off to a rocky start losing to carolina and everything like that i mean their defense is look they, they can build that up if they keep guys around we've seen buddha baker what he can do he's an absolutely phenomenal player you bring in guys i mean obviously losing patrick peterson was a blow but then you got guys like isaiah simmons you got a lot of guys that you can fill that role so i think there's an upside to there but i mean as far as detroit is concerned i don't think lincoln riley's the right guy i think that's too much inexperience with too much of an I wouldn't call it an inexperienced team with a young team I don't I don't it's gonna be either a boom or a bust is what I feel like and I don't feel like that's gonna be a good risk to take but here's the one that I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say another college coach and we're pretty familiar with him his name is uh
2: don't say Jim Harbaugh
0: is Jim Harbaugh
2: I just want you to know no <laughs> I will i ne- I've always been opposed to this of college coaches making the jump i've hated i hate using the word hate but Mm -hmm. i dislike the idea of college coaches jumping up because instead of dealing with young adults or young college kids you're dealing with adults you're gonna get some backlash from the veterans how how's a college young college coach coming to the nfl gonna handle that like i could see a nick saban coming Mm-hmm. if he wanted to, but he's dominant at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's not going to But a young Lincoln Riley, I don't I don't like Jim Harbaugh, but Lincoln Riley, he wouldn't be able to handle that. One time he's going to suspend a player. Oh, you're talking back. Give him the finger. <laughs>
1: Get yeah. out of here. Get out of here. It's it's going to come down because, I mean, we've seen him in San Francisco when he brought them to the, the Harbaugh Brothers Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the talent to. I just don't think – Bringing him to Detroit's the right idea because I mean, I mean, looking at the ex- expectations that people had him when he went to Michigan, they were like, okay, that he's gonna bring like a national championship to Michigan. He's gonna turn it around. Like we're gonna see that one year with Brady Hoke where we went. I think it was like what was it like? We only had one or two losses. When we had that really good group, and that first year we went to the playoffs. But other than that, what have we seen? Nothing. We haven't been able to beat Ohio State with Jim Harbaugh as our coach. We haven't really been able to build too much. We didn't utilize. He didn't utilize Dylan McCaffrey at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he over he prioritized Shea Patterson, which wasn't a good idea. He wasn't going to go to the NFL, and he honestly wasn't a guy who was going to be able to bring the Michigan offense where it needed to be. And now we don't have. Now he doesn't have Dylan McCaffrey because he's going to start Joe Milton, which I really think. I mean, it could prove well. It could not prove well, but it's. I mean, we're never going to see him because we rarely saw Dylan McCaffrey. So if he does make the jump, I just don't know if he's going to be able to transition well, especially to a, Lions off, or to a Lions team that I don't think he's going to be able to. I really don't think he's going to coach well for that.
0: Yeah, I think there's a reason that Jim left San Francisco. He wanted to be the coach of the Michigan Wolverines, and he's not going to leave. That that was obviously his choice. He had everything he wanted in San Francisco. He had a winning football team that was destined for the playoffs. Um, I mean, almost four years in a row, three out of four. And a team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to who else but your brother, but it's it's a situation where you look at these college coaches and they say, can they go up and handle the animosity that goes on in the professional game? Because obviously, it's a it's a difference. I mean, you're having to worry about so much other stuff. Because really, in college, you're working, you're worried about your football team. You're worried about the compliance with athletics with the NCAA, but you're not worried about your 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 marketing team. You're not worried about the people in your executive office. You're not worried about those people as much as you wouldn't be in the NFL. There's so many more variables that you have to be able to task those things all together, which is why I feel like that there, there needs to be more experienced guy. I feel like in there that can do that sort of job, especially, especially if we're going to be moving on from Bob Quinn and needing a new GM.
2: Um, one more thing is college and NFL are different college. You have to worry about recruiting people.
0: That too. That's another big variable.
2: NFL, you get the team that your GM signs you. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick, oh, I want Joe to be my new quarterback and Brandon to be my receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're going to sign whoever wants to come for the cheapest deal or the reasonable deal, not cheapest. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get, uh, Joe, you want to come play uh, college football for me? No. Yeah. Thanks. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gonna come down. I mean, it's a whole different thing, especially. I mean, like I said, we've seen him. He had the success. I just don't in uh, San Francisco, but I just don't think he's gonna be able to carry that over uh, to Detroit, especially since we've seen what he's been able to do with. I mean, a Michigan team that's above average, but he hasn't been able to get them over like the plateau of being that great he team hit. that's gonna be contenders he for a national championship. yet
2: yeah. Oh, nope. he, he, he hasn't uh, been able to. Be a, make a good performance against no. the good teams. He's been able to play against yeah. the average Big Looked Ten at, teams. Yeah, but we he lost can't. To Penn
1: State and Ohio State. I mean, but that's, you can't
2: if you can't beat Ohio State, who just got Ryan Day as a coach, mm-hmm. or Penn State, who has a really good James Franklin. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do well. No, with other people or your fan base.
0: Yes. I think that is a good way to put it. I mean, you've got to be able to win in college and get over that hump. And that's, I feel like, what Detroit really struggles at, getting over the hump. But another name that jumped up, and I've, I was really a big fan when I first heard he was on the radar. And i you guys might know who this is, might not. Chris Richard. I mean, if you haven't heard, he was the guy that assembled the Legion of Boom. As far as defensive backs coach in Seattle, he was the guy that oh. bro- put that defense together, which is one of the greatest defenses we've seen in this decade for sure. He was a guy. He was a guy that really brought the Legion of Boom, brought the energy to the Seattle defense, really embraced the the 12-man role, and he ends up going to the Cowboys, and he kind of turned their defense into a pretty. I wouldn't say like the same type of defense. You don't have the assets in Cowboys. Uh-oh, you don't have Cam
2: Chancellor, Earl yeah, Thomas, yeah, or any have, of them. Athletes. You
0: don't. You don't have those guys. But I mean, he did make. He does know how to coach. I mean, he took a guy like Byron Jones who came out um, in Dallas as a safety, and he was really struggling, and he ends up helping him change his method, change his footwork, and puts him at corner. Next season, he makes the Pro Bowl. He's a good coach. He knows how to get it done. Like what, would he be a good head coach? Don't know.
2: He'd be a good addition to the Dan Quinn, Daryl Bevel, Matt Patricia, coaching staff in Detroit. He could be a good – I mean Safety coach he's, slash – associate or assistant yeah, yeah. had uh, D defensive uh, backs yeah
0: yeah if we put him in the defensive back spot which he's been there he's never jumped up to d coordinator or anything i'm sure he's had plenty of offers to have to assemble that team so that's definitely a name that has kind of been kind of pushed away for now because i feel like um over the past year um he's kind of been like in the cowboys have kind of been iffy but i don't feel like that's really his fault because i feel like All the money from Dallas is going to the offense anyway from Jerry Jones, so that wasn't the biggest thing. Uh,
2: Yeah. um, Byron Jones had a good all-pro season, made the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know where he signed? Miami. Miami. Yeah. Not Dallas, where he could have made big bucks.
0: Yeah. He decided to go to Miami. Why? Because he knew that's where he was going to get the money.
2: Because if you look at the Miami team, um, they don't have a lot of people under big contracts. And – they just released Dix the other day. Mm-hmm. So um, Detroit. They
1: make, some make some moves.
0: Sign him. I mean, at least if we can. I mean, I'd take him for depth because, I mean, our defense yeah. gets banged up so much we need some depth. So um,
2: I believe, is it Tracy Walker starting free safety? As of now, yes. You could also put him as a hybrid linebacker slash safety, put mm-hmm. him into coverage slash blitz him.
0: Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a bad idea. And I know they've thought about putting him at corner as well. I think that that is an option. I think our defense is just kinda a lot of guys that can play different spots, but I feel like we don't have any we don't have any guys that can really like put in a role right away and really embrace themselves as like I mean, Darius Slay was the guy that was like, Yeah, he's our number one corner. We can we can he's that guy. I know you wanted to sing that Isaac, but it's just a such situ- like you you see how that situation happened and he went go to the Eagles and I know obviously he had some disagreements with the coaching staff and he's now in Philadelphia which heh, they're struggling just as bad so I guess huh but um
2: uh, they can't win on their bye week so
0: yeah <laughs> can't win on their bye week but it's definitely gonna be interesting I know th- I'm we won't talk that much about Eric Bianna as we already did he was the fourth guy on the list and then the fifth guy was um. Robert Sella from the 49ers, defensive coordinator, he's a great coach. He can he can be that guy that could. He does have ties to the state because, I mean, he started his coaching career actually as an assistant at Michigan State. He ended up going to Central, and then um, I believe Georgia, I think. And then he ends yeah. up going to the the Texans. He bounces around a lot, and then he ends up finding his way in San Francisco. It's, it's – a that I I I agree, Isaac. I see off um off air right now. You're doing one of these. Uh, is it? Is it? I, I, I mean, completely agree with that because that's another situation. Good defensive coordinator coming to a team as a head coach. Is that gonna translate over?
1: Honestly, it kind of it's just gonna depends because I mean a defense. I mean with that situation, we kind of see it all over the place. But honestly, I have no clue.
2: Um, one thing I got is. Did the defense in San Francisco make Robert Sala, or did Robert Sala make the defense? Because if you look at the defense for the Forty ers they have they have Nick Bosa, they have Solomon Thomas, they have Eric Armstead. They just traded Solomon Thomas this year before the draft, but they had um, these.
0: Oh, you're oh oh DeForest Buckner, yeah, DeForest, yeah. DeForest Bar- Buckner, yes. Uh, and Eric, they, I believe they have Eric. Solomon Thomas is injured. Sol- Nick no. Bosa is injured. Solomon Thomas
2: or Eric Armstead got traded to the Colts for a draft pick, but they have Quan Alexander, um, Greeny, greenie, something Greeny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, yeah. And they have these corners, Richard Sherman. Uh, there's an Alexander out there. So was it the defense that made Robert Sala noticeable, or was it Robert Sala's game plans that made him noticeable? is the question.
0: That is that is the question. And you see a lot of... And I mean even bringing up other coaches as well because I mean, I believe... um who's our 2014 defensive coordinator? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I'll look it up really quick. But I know um, that was a similar situation where was it really the guys on the field that was making us that great or was it our, our defensive coach? And I believe... I mean, obviously... Jim Caldwell was our head um, coach. our head coach. Um, I can't remember off the top of the head. I know Martin May, who was the GM at that time, That was before Bob Quinn took over soon after. Oh my gosh, I am just absolutely losing, losing it, right it today. I know. I mean, that was that was a that was some interesting years. We had like Joy Bell or Shane Mathis. Um, we had just signed Golden Tate from Seattle at that point. That was like his first year. Um, Dan Orlovsky was. Pretty much still our backup at say? that point. 2014. Um, oh, it was Terrell Austin. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. That was the first year I believe he was there. Um, so I think that Terrell Austin was a guy that was considered other places. I think he had an interview with Dallas actually at that time, but I think um, or soon short after. But that was that was a situation where. They asked that same question. I feel like I remember that. Is is Terrell Austin the guy that really put that defense together, or was it really the camaraderie of the defense really figuring it out? So that's another big thing. Is a lot of these coaches, there's some that are going to be hands on. We know Bill Belichick's big hands on guy, and then there's some guys that might be more hands off, like college. Hey, let the players figure it out. That can be that's a situation like especially even with like college teams. You see a lot of like. Player oriented practices, and that's one of the things we've seen a lot in like big time dynasties and stuff. And I know, uh, I think it was a quote from Vince Lombardi that um, winning or um, uh, what, what was winning, it? How was winning
2: it? isn't everything, it's uh, learning to become like better people, something like that.
0: That wasn't the one I was thinking. Oh. I'm not, it's not Vince Lombardi, then. I know it's something um, that good, t- yeah, okay, good teams are coach led great teams are player-led for practices. And I, um, I can't remember that quote off the top of my head. It's been an interesting day so far. I'm really it off has. I know. I think, like, the just what's happened over Oil the past weekend has been a little bit tiring, especially for me. But um, kind of closing out the show really quick, I know Joe's just itching to talk about Shriners for a little bit because I know there's not a lot of big names up on that leaderboard near the top there, buddy.
1: No. I mean, Martin Laird came out of nowhere. I mean, I mean... It's crazy because the top three are all tied for under 23, but just with that last kind of push that Martin Laird had, Mm -hmm. I mean, he just went crazy. I mean, Matthew Wolf, I mean, probably the greatest swing in all of in all of golf right now. Wait,
0: greatest or like greatest as far as meme worthy? I mean, a little bit of both. (laughs) He gets that out of the out of
1: crazy. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that Deshambo dropped all the way to eighth. I mean, only with a minus 18, especially with how he played at um. Uh, winged foot, mm-hmm. i was really surprised with his performance yeah but. his
0: his third round he, he i wouldn't say he like struggled but i mean he, he shot a 71 so that wasn't characteristic to his 67 to 66 or in his first round 62 which he i believe he was leading at that point so i think the consistency is what really puts a lot of these guys up at the top there i was a lot of i think it just seemed like there was it was a, a weird tournament cuz you didn't see a lot of, like you saw like there was obviously there were uh, excuse me, there was guys there that obviously knew how to play this course well. I know Matthew Wolf was definitely one of those guys. I mean, he had Eagles, multiple Eagles, just one It's pretty impressive in a round, but having multiple missing around, that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, it's it's a really interesting thing to see how a lot of these golfers adjust to the courses, how they have different game plans. And a lot of these guys they they might have been more ready than others as far as how the, the course layout is and everything. And I mean, Austin Cook and Matthew Wolf gave Martin Laird a run for their money in the playoffs without having to go to the second hole. Then Martin Laird just easy birdie and sent him off in styles. So that was a, a good win for Martin Laird. And we'll have to see how. Um, I believe that the next tournament, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, is. Let me check it out.
1: Because I, I kind of forgot, but I know that the Masters are coming up pretty soon. Yeah,
0: I know the Masters is coming up at the end of the month. But I I know for i know that there's um the CJ Cup, I believe is the next one. And then yep, there's C
1: J Cup, then the Zozo Championship yep. at Sherwood and then Bermuda. And then pretty soon it's gonna be the Masters. Yeah. It's yeah, um uh, November Houston and then actually. Masters.
0: I thought the I thought the Masters at the end. I think they they planned on October and then they moved to November. But I think that'll be really interesting to see, like as far as like um the FedEx Cup points right now are shaking out. Obviously, Chambos leading. Matthew Wolf mm-hmm. is playing very good, despite his his instagram they swing. He's sitting in second right now. Stewart sinks in third. Now Martin Laird, with that win, jumped up to fourth. So he's been playing some yeah. pretty solid I golf mean, so far.
1: That win over the full rounds that he played golf, only six bogeys six. out of four rounds. That's oh. how you get it done. He eagled I, hole I, nine I, I, three times
2: i i bogey a lot more than just six times in a round <laughs> i think
1: i think that's why they're the pros and we're we're. Uh, uh, I, we but i do golfers. think my
2: name was number four on, or five on that list for fedex points minute, let me
0: see let me see they oh got, yeah right behind matthew
1: wolf i yeah, see yeah, isaac yeah, Cope right yeah. there yeah
0: yeah yeah that's there he is right there but <laughs> but anyway guys thank you so much for tuning in um we appreciate your view isaac Thank you for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll look forward to having you on later, talking some basketball once we get around. Please cross your fingers. But, Joe, there's always another good day in the office.
1: Always.